You're listening to the On The Go with VAO News podcast for the week ending November 18th, 2016. Welcome to the podcast, a weekly recap of the top headlines from the daily acquisition news. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Dara Curran, content developer and news writer. A big sigh of relief last week emanated from the Defense Health Agency as the Government Accountability Office denied all nine protests filed against DHA's awards under its TRICARE program, which were split according to geographic region with an approximate $18 billion ceiling on the West Region contract and a $41 billion ceiling on the East Region. GEO has not yet published full details of its decision, pending redaction of sensitive and proprietary information, but according to Ralph White, GEO's Managing Associate General Counsel for Procurement Law, GEO found the agency's evaluation was reasonable, consistent with the terms of the solicitation, and in accordance with applicable laws and regulations. This is especially nice news for DHA because the agency did take proactive steps to protest-proof the solicitation as much as is possible, consulting with GAO as well as other acquisition experts to prevent the sorts of delays that plagued the predecessor contracts of TRICARE, which were delayed by nearly three years due to protests. The Office of Management and Budget is running a pilot program aimed at reducing the federal award reporting burden for contractors and grantees. Conducted in conjunction with the Chief Acquisition Officers Council, Department of Health and Human Services, and General Services Administration, OMB's Digital Accountability and Transparency Act Section 5 pilot comprises two phases that will run through May 2017. The approaches include soliciting suggestions for easing reporting and testing out a prototype central portal to receive reports required by the FAR, instead of award and grantee entities having to send reports to multiple locations and contracting officers. GSA hopes to launch a cloud-based contract writing and administrative shared services solution in the third quarter of fiscal 2017 via its Common Acquisition Platform Program. The Contract Writing System as a Service, or CWSS, application will guide contracting and program offices through the entire contract process and offer real-time notifications as actions progress, a pay-as-you-go model, and volume discounts for heavy users. GSA will handle security accreditation requirements as well as ongoing operations and maintenance, and the system will be constructed to be compatible with financial federal shared services providers for more seamless integration. A couple of agencies have announced they are jumping on the bug bounty bandwagon. First off, the Army is planning to use the same contractor who helped DOD with their Hack the Pentagon effort to conduct a Hack the Army program. Interestingly, and unlike DOD, the Army will be inviting government civilians and active duty military, reservists, and guard members to participate, and they will also be working in sites related to service recruiting efforts, which contain dynamic data and not static information, as the DOD sites did. This hack attack will occur at the end of November. Then the IRS became the first civilian agency to launch its own program, Our friendly neighborhood tax collectors will be partnering with the firm helming the second phase of DOD's program under a $2 million contract that runs through September 2017. 
IRS will entice vetted freelance testers and an international cohort of white hat hackers with promised rewards of between a few hundred dollars to $25,000 for each bug found. The Department of Defense has released an instruction, effective immediately, that addresses management and oversight of the agency's all-source analysis as an intelligence tool. Among other provisions, the instruction basically states who is in charge of what. Logically enough, the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence will take the lead on enterprise-wide all-source analysis policy, priorities, and performance. The director of the Defense Intelligence Agency will be tasked with meeting the analysis and educational needs of the military components and national policymakers under the Undersecretary's guidance. And the Undersecretaries of Defense for Policy and for Acquisition Technology and Logistics will prioritize and share the intelligence requirements they need to meet mission goals for their respective components. DOD also issued a final rule creating 32 CFR Part 188 to establish policy, assign responsibilities, and provide procedures to be used by its personnel for the operation and management of the DOD Environmental Laboratory Accreditation Program. The program enables commercial environmental laboratories to demonstrate competency and document their conformance to international quality system standards. The final rule is effective December 19th. A deviation issued by the Office of Defense Procurement and Acquisition Policy allows for the withholding of certain funds for contracts with entities that use internal confidentiality agreements or statements to prohibit or restrict employees or contractors from reporting fraud, waste, or abuse. The deviation includes a clause and provision for contracting officers to use in their solicitations and contracts. DoD, GSA, and NASA have issued a proposed rule to clarify FAR guidance for sole source 8A contract awards that exceed $22 million. There are a number of different proposed parameters here. Mostly it boils down to pay attention to the scope and cost. You will need to do new paperwork if there are substantive changes to either of those things. Also, a justification under another authority can't just be swapped in for a sole source 8A justification. These are mostly common sense seeming things, but if you do have comments on the proposed rule, make sure they're submitted by January 17th. We have a new FAC with three final rules to discuss. The first final rule from FAC 2005-92 is effective today, November 18th, and it makes editorial changes to 48 CFR parts 2, 7, 19, 34, 42, and 52. Now, effective December 19th, the other two rules add an annual representation in the system for award management for offerers to indicate if and where they publicly disclose greenhouse gas emissions and their GHG reduction goals or targets. The other rule will delete references to the obsolete technologies of telegram, telegraph, and related terms and replace them with references to tweets, hashtags, and emojis. No, I'm just kidding about that last bit, but the rule does now include references instead to electronic communications. The specific platforms and methods are left mercifully unspecified. Hashtag proud Luddite. Finally, the Department of Treasury has to publish a final rule effective December 16th, amending the DTAR with procedures to incrementally fund fixed price, time and material, and labor hour contracts under a continuing resolution. 
The rule would also allow heads of contracting activities to develop procedures that would keep their potential offerers, actual offerers, and contractors informed about whatever special steps are being taken for contract funding under the CR. That's all for this episode. If you are a government agency subscriber to the Virtual Acquisition Office website, you can read more about any of the covered headlines on the same VAO page where you downloaded the podcast. Because of the upcoming holiday, we will be releasing next week's podcast actually on the following Monday, which is November 28th. Tune in again then to catch up on all the latest developments from the Daily Acquisition News. Goodbye.